Everyone, welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 324. We are that podcast that talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ron Mess. I'm Ari Rockefeller. I am Mako Chan. And I'm Wild Spice. And one of y'all need to check your audio settings because I because the mixer, no, audition is picking up background noise from somebody, and it's not me. Because now I'm starting to hear it. All right. Well, I have nothing on in the background. Okay. We are going to do a bit of round robin here, okay? Um, I'm going to tell you to mute. Mute for a couple of seconds and and come back up. Um, actually, actually, everybody mute for one second. Everybody mute. Okay. Okay, one second here. Um, Tell everybody now to unmute. Let's see what's going on here. Okay, there we go. Whatever it was, it's fixed and it's gone away. Okay. Yeah, I think when everybody muted, it flushed the system or something like that. So thank God for for little shit. And I do apologize for the audio quality. Again, it is the mixer, and I know I've been saying that I've been going to replace it, but the bank has been kind of short on funds, so I have to wait until it's comparable enough for me to go ahead and do so. And I think that is going to happen probably by next week. So, anywho, now that we're back on track here, um, we are live tonight, week of August 22nd, 2017, here on the VOG Network. We're here live Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, but replays Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. Check out our interactive chat room at live.vognetwork.com. Chat clients such as Merck, XChat, Chatzilla can use irc.gamesurge.net. The chat room is VOG, V-O-G. Or you can head on over to animejamsession.com slash network where there is more information about the VOG Network and some of the podcasts we follow. And there is a link there, and your default IRC chat client will bring you right on in. Plus, we're also on Discord. If you head on over to vognetwork.com slash Discord, it'll bring you directly in if you're, if you're already logged into the server. Or if you look on our page at animejamsession.com slash vognetwork, there is a Discord link. You click on that, that will bring you directly into the chat. Good, now that we got that out the way, um, we'll make some slight adjustments over here. That's good. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Um, we're going to go around the room. Are we going to go around the room? Yes, yes, yes. We're going to go around the room uh, and do how was your week, how was your day. Check-ins are also live, so go ahead and check in and earn your VOG points. And if you're listening on the podcast feed, there is a passphrase somewhere in this episode. When you hear it, head on over to vognetwork.com, put in that passphrase, and earn your VOG points. Easy peasy. 
Now we'll go ahead and do um how was your week? How was your day? Ari. <clears throat> um, well let's see. Payday was today, so that check already came and went. I know that feeling. <clears throat> Fucking bills. Mm-hmm. And well I got on got in touch with Canon about my camera's issues. Yeah, what did they say? Turns out all it needs is just a little button cell battery replaced. Didn't you replace that? It got burned out again, I guess. Okay. Um, ho- hopefully it'll be as simple as that. Yeah, I mean, if anything, you should be able to take it to like a Best Buy or a Radio Shack. They can help you. Wait, provided there's still a Radio Shack around. Nope, the last one near me closed down and turned into two a tire place and a barber shop, and I think the barber shop's already gone. Well, that didn't last long. Well, on the plus side, you can always order the battery from Amazon happening in a few days. Uh, there's a couple of drugstores near me. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll have it. Well, that's good. But, other than that, it's been a long, boring weekend for me. Oh, that's right. Uh, SummerSlam is this weekend. Yeah. In a way, I'm kind of glad I missed SummerSlam. The uh, NXT takeover the night before was infinitely better. Is it always? Mm-hmm. Mm. So, yeah. A boring week for me, pretty much. Okay. Excitement. Yeah, it happens, you know. Not every week's gotta be entertaining as fuck, you know. But... <laughs> The main entertaining is getting up and get and getting out the house for a few hours, even if it means work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mako-chan, how was your week? How was your day? Um, my week was pretty good. I had off from work Thursday to Monday, so that was just amazing. Yeah. And then, of course, the convention. And a lot of driving. I'm sorry. It's not your fault. (laughs) It's just a very long drive. And unfortunately, that was compounded by freaking uh, traffic, so... It is what it is. True, true, true. Are you done? Yeah. Alright, cool. Wild Spies. Hey. How was your week? How was your day? How you been? I've been doing good. Um, my week was good. I had to get ready for PsychoCon because I was a cosplay guest at it this past weekend. So my week was spent getting ready for that and getting used to being back on my regular schedule. I'm so happy I don't have to be up at 2.30 in the morning anymore for work. So. <laughs> See, that shit would never have flown with me unless I was getting paid at least 25 an hour to get up that early. You mean tell me I'm not getting that type of pay? And I gotta get him. No, that's okay. I, I will. I will go. I'll take my ass back to Monster, Indeed, Craigslist. So I find something. That's okay. Yeah. Well, I kind of was on that shift by choice because we wanted to launch it. So I volunteered 
nobody else wanted to volunteer for it, so I went for it, and I, at least I'm happy I got that shift off the ground because it's been really helpful. So I'm glad to be back on my regular schedule now, though. That's good. Okay, my weekend day has been pretty interesting. Pretty much me and Mako went up to Pop Cult, and good times were had. And we'll talk about that later on in tonight's broadcast. But other than that, work's been pretty good. Um, life around here has been pretty quiet. I can't complain too much about that. And that basically is it, you know. I can't think of anything else, so, you know. <sighs> all right. Okay, all right. Um, I think I need to make a slight adjustment in Skype. Okay, there we go. Much better. All right, we're going to go ahead and take our first break, and when we get back, we're going to talk about Pop Cult and Psychon. It's not often that we talk about two conventions, so... Kick back, relax, have some popcorn, get some tea, get some soda, be in for the long run. We're going to talk about some good times and chaos. Sounds good to y'all? Sure. Sounds good. Yep. All right, awesome. Uh, let me bring Wayne up to the front here. Good, awesome. And um, I, think I'll t I think this break will be a little bit old school, so yeah. We'll be back.
say something real quick um this weekend is the big mayweather fight and i uh, i'm just laughing at this point i mean people are buying this shit no i, I i'm going to sit my ass here with my fire stick fire up cody and just watch it and then when people realize how much of a clusterfuck it is, how much money they lost out on, then I'll be happy. I kind of. I'm not spending a hundred dollars on a on a fight that is hyped into into oblivion, backed up by what will surely be a shite mid card. You mean a hug out, please? I would put money on it, but I'm like, nah, I don't do that shit. But anywho. Now that we got that out of our system, um, let, let, let's talk conventions. All right. I think me and Mako, we can kind of compress everything what we did under, like, what, a half hour tops, right? If that. Yeah. So, Wild Spice, the floor is yours. So, tell us a little bit about PsychoCon. What kind of convention is it? So, PsychoCon is an anime convention. It's, it's still, I call it BabyCon. It's oh, BabyCon because it's still, it's not very big yet. I think I have to look and see exactly how long it's been around. But it's a smaller anime convention. It's out in Allentown, Pennsylvania. It's a three-day convention, so it goes from Friday to Sunday. I actually was brought in as a guest, so I was a cosplay guest at the event. Were you, I actually, the, only, were you the only cosplay guest? No, there were a couple other cosplay guests, but they're regular, so they're usually there every year. So 
when I got there, I got there, I only did Saturday and Sunday. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I was supposed to do a panel on my photography, but I couldn't do my panel because they scheduled it for Friday at like one o'clock. And I told them before that I had to work. So I didn't get to do that panel. They could only have moved it to 12 a.m. on Saturday night. And I'm like, no one's coming to a photography panel at 12 o'clock on Saturday night. (laughs) So... I ended up doing a panel on competing in cosplay masquerades and just hall cosplay on Sunday, and uh-huh. I actually had a full room for that. Well, so, that's good. Yeah, I'm going to keep that as a panel I'd like to do again at a con, because I got good reception from it, and people appreciated that there was a panel on that, because there were so many new cosplayers at this event that they wanted to know how do they compete in a cosplay contest, or how do they even get started cosplaying. So that was good. Um, I can when probably I, throw some stuff at them about that, so... Yeah. Mm. So, I got there, like, Saturday morning. I stayed at the Renaissance Hotel, which was literally a two-block walk from the actual con hotel. I really liked that hotel versus staying in the Holiday Inn, because the convention was in the Holiday Inn. So, I got weird looks walking down the street, obviously, but I'm used to that, so... See, um, see, that took place in New York. Nobody would care. And now you got me thinking of hotel, motel, holiday inns. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Allentown's such a small town that mm-hmm. people, city, and they're like, what's going on? So I get to the convention. I check in, get my badge. It's a very small area. So, so I've heard. Yeah, so you walk, there was a lot of lobby con going on, because there were times where there wasn't things really going on, so a lot of people just hung out in the lobby of the hotel, but pretty much you walked in, it's the lobby of the hotel, they have three rooms down a hallway, which would be the panel rooms, Mm -hmm. and then to the left, there's another hallway you walk down to get to where registration is, as well as video gaming, and some there were two. There was a. There were two con tables. So Zenkai Con and Derpy Con were there with their mm-hmm. tables, and then the actress Gigi Edgley, who plays Chiana on Farscape, was there. She had her table against a wall there. I got to talk with her for a little bit, and I got pictures with her. She is the sweetest person. She said, "I have a really sexy accent, but she's the one with the Australian accent." So she's never that heard. Was, she's never heard people from Philly before. I is my is my assumption. Yeah, because she uh-huh. asked. Yeah, she did ask where I was from. She's like, "So where'd you come from?" I said, "I came from Philly." She's like, "You have a really sexy accent." <laughs> so. Oh, wait till she hears the New York. It's not false. <laughs> oh, wait till she hears the New York City accent, the Jersey accent, and the Brooklyn accents. Oh, Lord man. Jesus. Forget about it. She'll get a buffet, a buffet of accents. Just keep so. her away from a Boston accent. Oh, man. Let's not, like, even, go to, let's not even go to Trash City, okay? <laughs> so, they had their stuff set up there, and then they had the... The dealer's room and the main events room was pretty much one ballroom that was split up with, you know, with the wall dividers yeah, and things yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. So they had the dealer's room on the one side and then the main events room on the other side. So Friday night, I or Saturday when I got there, I mostly did photo shoots on Saturday and then I helped judge the cosplay contest. Okay. So... For, I did email my feedback to the con chair just from having staffed conventions and things like that, mm-hmm. but... The big thing was that that main events room is way too small. So, well, people, yeah, I mean, 
they worked with the space they had, mm-hmm. but it was really small. Like, it was standing room only for the masquerade, and there were no chairs in the room either. Well, you know what it is? They might have been on a budget, and it might have gone over their budget. I would assume next year they might have to raise costs just to scotch or move yeah. to another hotel where it's within reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when I got there to judge... The problem was, okay, there was a Voltron panel that was going on right before the masquerade. The Voltron panel went over about 10 to 15 minutes. And nobody so, stopped him? No, nobody. Mm-hmm. That So in my head, I'm like, why is no one cutting the panel? <laughs> like, the panel is over time. Cut, cut. But I'm not staff, so I couldn't do anything like that. But mm-hmm. the, the con security, they were worried about, oh, oh well, how are we going to get the people out and get the people in? Because... Everyone was lining up in the alcove where the main events room is, and that's where the video gaming is, and everything's in the hallway. So there was a line of people just kind of blocking the exit. So, yeah, that wasn't good. So they were able to successfully get people in and out, but it was a little bit of a hot mess because there there was a crowd, like, at the doorway. So once they got everybody in, they didn't have any chairs because the hotel didn't give them chairs. So people had to sit on the floor, which Mm. that actually worked better because more people were able to fit into the room to watch because they were sitting on the floor. But then all the contestants had to stand lined up against the wall. And I felt bad because they had to stand the whole entire contest. So, you know. Yeah, but the way we did the contest was they would come up, they would show off their costume, and then we would just ask them questions about their costume right there. We had a really good turnout for the contest, which was great for a smaller con. We had maybe 20 to 30 people that entered. And we had two skits, but that was it. Otherwise, it was just all everyone just entering their costumes. And then... Afterwards, we gave out our awards, and then we had a couple people come up afterwards and ask for feedback and critique on how they could do better next time if they didn't win an award. And we were giving them feedback just so they could improve and then enter their contests or enter their costume in another contest in the future with that feedback. Because there are a lot of cons you enter and they don't give you any feedback. They're just like, you lost, goodbye. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, I got you, I got you. Yeah, so. After that was over, we had to rush, like, get everyone out of the room because they had to clear the room for a concert that was going on after that. So after that, I went, I had dinner, and I went back to my hotel because there wasn't really much going on that I was interested in afterwards. So the next day when I went back, I did my panel on the competing in the cosplay masquerade and the hall contest. Right, right. And... Yeah, and then I did I did a photo shoot with somebody who actually the Saturday of the con was like, quick, I need someone to do a photo shoot. Can you shoot us on Sunday? So I quickly got him in, and I shot them on Sunday as well. That's good. So a lot of these people I did shoots with, it was their first time, and they were happy to actually do a shoot with somebody who was like giving them direction and posing them, because a lot of times there are photographers that are just like, okay, go. <laughs> so... I try to at least help with the posing because I know there's a lot of people who are uncomfortable with that. So mm-hmm. try to help where I can. And then pretty much on Sunday, I hit the dealer's room again because they, they had some nice dealers. I did get a commission. I got myself drawn as a chibi. So yay. Um, but other than that, I was I left the con maybe around like two-ish because there wasn't really anything else happening. But 
that's sort of been like the general consensus. Most a lot of people just start leaving around two, you know, because well, I you've done everything you wanted to do. Mm -hmm. There really isn't any panels you want to go to. Only thing that's left is closing ceremonies and feedback. And you're like, you know, I can always bitch on their Facebook page if I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I left. Um, if people are local, definitely check it out. I mean, I know there's a lot of people who want to go to anime conventions mm -hmm. and they just haven't because they want to go to one of those big ones like Otakon or Anime Next, but they don't have the funds to go. It's like, I would check out PsychoCon because it's local. It's only an hour and a half maybe from Philly, so it's not too far. A lot of the attendees there are from the Allentown area, but I actually ran into a couple people. I saw a lot of people there, actually, that I saw at Otakon in passing. Like, I don't know mm. them, but I saw the oh, person by, at by Otakon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, this face is familiar. I've seen it at cons before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's all I really had about the con. I mean, they treated me really well, so thanks to the con chair for having me, and I already told them I would love to come back next year as a guest, or I would help staff even, because mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Now I'm looking at their info page on animecons.com. This is their this was their fifth convention and it looks like their prices dropped coming down because their first year at door was 75 and then it was 40, 40 and 25, 3 days respectively. This year it was 70 and prices were 30, 30 and 20. Now, huh. I you don't you don't you don't usually see that from an anime convention. No. Um, but I don't see, like, their attendance numbers, so I really um, can't say, you know, what's going on, you know. Yeah, I mean, I looked at last year, and their attendance for last year was around 2,000, or 2,600 people. Well, I think they're at that point where they need to move into another hotel. I've heard people kept calling it LobbyCon and stuff like that. Well, there are some conventions where I've gone to where like on the college campuses where everybody just hangs the fuck out like mm -hmm. in the cafeteria for the rest of the day because that's where everybody is, you know? So. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking, and it looks like the last um, three years they've moved locations. So, like, in 2015, it was out in Bethlehem. Last year mm -hmm. it was out at Lake Harmony at the Split Rock Resort, and then this year it was in Allentown. They're better off going back to the Split Rock, you know? Maybe that's a little bit bigger, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, this was my first time there, so I don't know how it was the past couple of years, but I think they had more attendance last year. But I think the location was a little bit better, too, because it was, like, really scenic. And I know I had a friend who went as a cosplay guest last year. Actually, a couple people were friends that went as cosplay guests last year, so. Yeah, I can see the first couple of years, the numbers were going up. And it looks like between 2015 and 2016, the numbers started to drop, and that's not good. Yeah. Well, now what you said before about smaller conventions, and to be perfectly honest, I really say to people, if you want to go to conventions, hit the small conventions first. Definitely, yeah, I agree. Because small cons, you'll meet more people, hang out with more people. You'll be able to hit up more panels and events. Food places are usually just right there, readily available. As you start going to the bigger conventions, it's more space you got to cover and this and that. And by the time you're kind of used to going to cons and handling large stuff. 
But then you got those who are like, you know what, I'm just going to go in on the deep end first. If that's what you want to do, then go ahead and do it. Yeah, I I agree with that, especially just like if you've never been to one, just the smaller one's a good way to introduce you to what it's like mm -hmm. at the bigger ones a little bit. So, Hell, my first anime con was Otakon, and the, the small ones just feel kind of weird to me as a result. Yeah, I mean, my first one was Big Apple Anime Fest 2003, yeah. so... I am so sorry about that clusterfuck. <laughs> well, it didn't feel like a clusterfuck to me. I, like, I had a great time, and that's well, why I keep going to conventions, so... Well, I'm glad you had a good time at that. But, sa yeah, sadly, that was the end of Big Apple Anime Fest. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> but we got Anime NYC coming through, so... Yeah, you got a couple things going on there, so... And we go into our chat room here at live.vognetwork.com. Coffee says, small cons also teach you planning. Good call. Yeah, they do. And he says, I went into the deep end because being on the West Coast, those were my only options. First con was, was Comic Con 94, and then first anime wow. con was AX 98. And he's right. I mean, back when, we started going to, when I started going to conventions, it wasn't that much of a choice. So it was this or that. Now... You got conventions popping up almost every single weekend, so you know you can kind of plan it out and start getting used to these big conventions. That way, you won't be overwhelmed. Yeah, I actually did a I did a panel at um oh my god what con oh Wizard World. I did a panel on um just how conventions and cosplay have changed from years ago to now, and I mentioned the same thing we have so many conventions now like it's not uncommon to have two to five conventions happening on a weekend all over the place mm -hmm. yeah. yeah overall um psychocon was great i would recommend checking it out i think they like i'm feeling they need to they need to grow they need to expand and maybe try to go to another location so mm -hmm. they can get have more content available for people because yeah. i feel like they're limiting themselves right now probably but I've noticed that this this year, they're normally the last weekend of August around the time. This year, they were the third weekend of August. And they're right after Otakon, so... Yeah, that pro that probably didn't help either. So Yeah, and, happens, yeah, and, Liber though. and Liberty City Anime Con was also the same weekend, too. Yeah, like I said, like I, used, like I used to say, you know, there was a time where con chairs would work with other con chairs to, pl to plan out their, tr their conventions so that it can optimize people's choices to go. Now it's mm -hmm. like, I'm taking this weekend, that week. It's just pick and choose your battles. Because, let's see, this past weekend, you had PsychoCon, you had TerrorificCon, a Terror con convention in, um, in Connecticut. You had PopCult, and you had Liberty City. And, I mean, not for nothing, depending on the focal point, you were pretty much three to four hours from any of those conventions, you know? It's one thing if you're, like, six hours away, but when you're, like, three to four, it's like, for some people, which one do I choose? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at AnimeCons.com, yep. and there's 12 different conventions going on across the country this weekend, and I'm not counting other countries, but in the U.S., there's 12 uh, conventions. Uh, yeah, I... I I, I'm looking at that. Jesus. Yeah, I'm like, that's crazy. So, like, 
the, keeping that in mind, like we're bringing, or I'm bringing, I decided I'm going to bring back Shikari Con, which was a con I ran in college. Yep. We're doing it next year, but we're picking our date based on when there's nothing really oh. going on for that reason. Well, actually, actually, right now, I'm looking at the list again. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine conventions this weekend. And they're all, but the thing is, they're all kind of distanced away from each other, so it's yeah. not that bad. You got North Dakota, California, Wisconsin, Ohio, Florida, Tennessee, uh, Florida again, Philly, West Virginia. I mean, I yep. guess between Gainesville and Miami, you probably have a few hours in between. I don't know, so it's whatever. But that one, one of the cons in Florida is only one day, so you could go and come back, so. True. Yeah. And over here, you got Crunchyroll Expo this weekend, too. Mm hmm. Or as Ari calls it, CrunchyCon. CrunchyCon. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody on my Facebook is getting ready for DragonCon. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> also, you, you really don't think North Dakota when you think anime conventions. FargoCon. You, you do if you live there. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> I would call it FargoCon. Actually, it's called Anime Fargo. Never mind. <laughs> what they were talking about. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, will you be going back next year? I'm going to try to go back next year, especially if they would like me back as a guest, because, mm -hmm. I mean, I had fun, and I think a lot of the people that interacted with me also had fun. Like, I'm not a jerk cosplayer. I'm really nice. No. <laughs> but, um, I mean, if I can help them out, I mean... I'm more than happy to, so. And also, Dep go on. No, I was going to say, also depending when it falls, so mm. hopefully it doesn't fall on a weekend where a bunch of stuff's going on, but go All ahead. Right. Now, again, Bob Coffey's making some valid points. He he's speaking truth right now. He says, the other thing that's changed about cons is the level of guests we get, at least on the anime side. Although, if you look back at the ancient cons, you'd be surprised at some of the guests who showed up to those. Yeah. Yeah. Anime cons in the 90s and early, early to mid-2000s, there were Japanese guests up the wazoo, but then I think I think um, anime companies realized no one's really buying their dubs, so they start pushing more the dub actors and actresses, which I have no problems with, because honestly, it's easier to get an American voice actor as opposed to a Japanese one. Mm -hmm. I mean, it would be nice to get a few more. Because you'd be amazed at how many people who sit here and watch anime, and most of them who are watching friggin' uh, fan subs, know who is voicing who. And as Bob Coffey also says about CrunchyCon, he thinks it's going in a bit too hard. Well, you go go hard or go home. Either way, they're, they're a sponsor of Anime NYC, and I wouldn't be too surprised several years from now, Anime NYC gets a rerun. We rolled into Crunchy Crunchy Roll Expo NYC. If that happens, I will flip my fucking JoJo hat and call it a night. <laughs> yeah, but um, with just real quick with guests, like I noticed yep. too, like a lot of cons now, it's like all the cosplay guests, yep. and it's like people I have no idea who they are. <laughs> now, my friend of mine, my friend Chris, he makes a valid point. He pretty much says that conventions should not be having cosplay guests because they don't put people in seats. He's right, but at the same time, he's incorrect. 
that to an extent. Yes. I mean, there are some cosplay guests that would put a lot of butts mm -hmm. in the seats. The same could be yeah, about, but, I agree, yeah. but like if they're providing content, so yeah. like if they're coming, they're doing panels and things like that, yes. not just like, oh, let's have my table where I sell prints all mm -hmm. weekend, which some do. Yeah. I'm not about that life. But. <laughs> I hear you on that. See, the same could be said about Japanese voice actors and actresses, American voice actors and actresses, particular industry guests, bands and stuff like that. Everyone has different reasons for going. And now, for I, like I've said, if a convention wants a cosplay guest, I would say this. This guest has to have at least five to ten years of cosplay experience ranging from buying costumes to making their own. Because they're going to be doing panels about technical aspects of making costumes. Mm -hmm. They've had to have at least judged a few conventions, I mean, cosplay masquerades, or at least staffed a few. To me, doing those two is a way of giving back to the community. Something mm -hmm. like that. If they've done that, me personally, I'm okay with it. Yeah. I mean, not that one cosplay guest who started doing cons in a year, and everyone thought her cosplay was hot, his or her cosplay was hot shit, and they try to get to become a guest next year, and you're like, who the fuck is this? Then I better luck putting me as a cosplay guest. <laughs> I've already said to somebody on a defunct convention forum that I don't want to be a guest at a convention. If I get axed, I want my entire co I want my entire podcast staff as guests because we're going to do a live uh, panel. <laughs> we're going to do a live panel. We're a, a live podcast panel. We're going to do panels on cosplay, photography, and other stuff. And I know mm -hmm. Ari is going to sit there and do a Pokemon one-on-one -on -one panel and um or a fanfic writing panel. You know, maybe I don't know. And I know Mako will do something along the lines of a professional wash you type panel, you know. <laughs> so. Should totally offer us up as guests. <laughs> well, I tell you what. Well, 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 we'll talk about that offline. We'll, we'll talk about that offline. So, anywho, now that we've talked about PsychoCon, let's talk about Pop Cult. Now, the thing is, I wasn't really planning on going to Pop Cult, but an associate, an acquaintance of me and Mako's, got us to go, because we haven't seen this acquaintance in a while, and I didn't realize right away it's the weekend after Otakon, and I never do conventions back-to-back, -back unless it's really close. I'm talking Otakon one weekend, a con in New York City or Jersey the following weekend, because it's really light on the wallet. But on the plus side, this was a two-day con, or in some cases, a two-and-a-quarter-day con, because that Friday night, you could pick up your badge, and they had some events going on. So, we decided to leave in the afternoon, right, right after I got out of work, and that was, like, that was chaos within itself, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, driving up there was bad. Mm -hmm. When I first looked at it and timed it out, I didn't realize that I was looking at it without traffic and what traffic was at that particular time. Yeah. So a four-hour trip ended up being a five-hour trip when we finally put it in, and then because of changing traffic, it ended up being a six-hour trip. Yeah. Both ways. Mm -hmm. And it also didn't help the fact that I forgot my goddamn tripod. So, so that was an off. Sh we had to detour for that. But thankfully, it was about that time to catch a meal. So we kind of stopped at what? Where did we go? We went to Kudova's for food and then went about our way. 
Yeah. I mean, it wasn't horrible. It's just, you know, by the time I was done, because I had to go and pick Ranma up from work, Mm -hmm. and then we went. So while he was only in the car for five hours and not having to drive, I was in it for six and a half driving. (laughs) I saw these. Yeah, as I said, it's not your fault. Mm -hmm. It was just... You know, trying to do it all in one shot yep. is just a little bit but, much. Yeah, but on the plus side, we were able to bring a few more stuff. Because one of the things I did, because I thought it was successful when I went to Otakon, I packed some fruit with me to eat over the weekend. So I brought, like, this big old bag of fruit, grapes, cherries, pluots, apple brooms, uh, nectarines, all, you know, just to have. And we also got two cases of soda for the, al- for the alcohol that we brought and a pack of of Red Bull and some Pop-Tarts so you know yeah I mean I I don't mind driving just because you can bring it all and don't have to worry about it but I would have enjoyed staying at the convention a little bit longer Mm -hmm. but due to the drive we couldn't yeah now Pop Cult this is their second year so everything is like in a small area. I would say they had about five hundred people there. This is one I don't even I don't even think they hit that. Well, I'm just throwing it out there. I th- I don't even think they went over three. Probably. It's I mean, being a second year convention, it's tiny. Yeah. And again, like like we said on the first part of the show, it was the weekend after Otacon, so that probably affected their numbers too. But um, I've always talked about there are certain conventions that you should go to, not as a con, more of a concation slash con vacation. You know, you go, you pack a costume, and you just chill for the whole weekend. That's what you do. I've always said that Zenkai is one of those conventions where it's like a chill type of convention, chill uh, concation. Or you can go the full Monty. It's like either or. Pop cult is more like, okay, I need to take a breather. I'm going to go chillax, have a good time, and hang out with some people. And that's what pop cult essentially is. And again, it, didn't help, it also helped the fact that it was a two-day con, Saturday, Sunday. So one of the panels I went to was a Love Live uh, dance panel, which turned out to be more of a game show than dance. It was more like they were partner somebody up with one of the um, you, char- one of the uh, characters from Muse, put your hand in a box, and you'd have to guess what the item is. It was pretty interesting to say the least, but I think a third of the items they threw in there, they added water just to be dicks. I don't know. That, that was, I think that was kind of fun. Um... I did my usual walkabout of doing photography, and I did run into a few people that I know from AAC, so I was kind of happy about that, because I said I'm not going to be there this year, so I want to see run into as many people that I possibly could. Uh, let's see. What else did I record? Okay, um... I actually, before, I believe I also recorded the Masquerade, a couple other things. 
I actually popped into the karaoke room, so it was kind of, it was pretty interesting to say the least, so it was a few people here and there. Uh, let's see, I am looking at, I'm, I'm trying to pull up their schedule, because so I, I, I definitely know exactly how, um, from the schedule, I kind of know exactly how, I, stuff that I went around and did. I missed a couple of the game shows because of the time. This is one of those cons where I feel you shouldn't have to rush to get up early. Yeah, you'll miss some stuff, but it's like you won't feel bad about missing it, you know, because it's very uh, chillax. Um, while I find, like, their schedules and stuff, Mark, okay, you, why don't you just tell them about what you did, essentially? Um. All right, well, Friday night we got there... We de-stressed, got some food. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, we're trying to find the liquor store. Yep. And just basically hung out. Um, I was tired, basically, because of the drive. So I went to sleep while Ranma hit up uh, room parties. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, oh. Saturday, basically, we got up. I went to the Love Life panel. I was kind of disappointed because it was just a game show. Mm-hmm. And I was expecting, you know, Love Live. And at least being in character. And the girls weren't even really playing the game in character. Which kind of defeated the purpose of calling it a Love Live panel. Um, most of the day, though, I actually just sat and people watched and read. And just relaxed. Uh, later on on Saturday, I went to a panel for... It was uh, th uh, theme song bingo. That was fun. That was definitely fun. It was too open-ended. Um, the host had way too many themes and didn't really keep with the number for bingo. So he's just going through and playing a bunch of different themes and it's anime themes and, you know... Cartoon themes and movie themes and old TV show themes and commercials and themes for, you know, products and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it was definitely a good mix. Wait, but was it fully randomized? I mean, it, it was definitely randomized. It took a while to get the first bingo and then it took a while to get, you know, because they were doing three prizes. Mm-hmm. So it took a while to get to the bingos, but at the same time, just there were so many themes because I was looking at some of the other sheets, and basically there were very, very few themes that overlapped on the sheets, and that just it that's what caused it to go on too long, I think. Probably so. Uh, the other negative that I have for that is. Um, it was done in the main events room, and it, I mean, it's still a small room, because, again, second year convention, and not even 300 people there, mm -hmm. but if somebody in the front row answered what the theme was, and didn't answer loud enough, um, the two hosts sometimes weren't repeating the answer, so the people in the back had no idea what the theme was, if, you know, if they didn't already know the answer. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, and when we were yelling up, you know, what's the answer? What's the answer? We were basically just being ignored. So they definitely need to, you know, not just rely on the audience giving what the answer is, but repeating the answer just so that everybody has a chance to hear everything. But other than that, it was definitely good. It was a really good mix of themes. But again, just way too many of them. Yeah, I actually stopped back in on on cosplay deathmatch. I didn't check. I didn't see too too much, but it was a packed room. But I did go to the masquerade, and it was hosted by Panty and Stocking. Um, I believe it was Giggle Snorts cosplay and Princess Tigram cosplay. I see them at AAC for the last two three years. They generally host the eight the twenty one plus events there, which is pretty fun. So it was good to see them, and they did PG thirteen as Panty and Stocking. So bless their 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 proud little hearts. And of course, there was the Love Live uh, dance routine, so which was good. Half of them were, were walk-ons, and you had some pretty nice skits. But the best part is, everything was done in under an hour, so I recorded the masquerade, the halftime banter, the winners. And what was cool was, what Pop Cult did, they didn't hand out trophies, nor did they hand out certificates. They handed out giant prize ribbons. I thought that was pretty cool. I think that's also hella original, too. So, after that, uh, we went back to the room. I brought a couple of friends back, and we ordered dinner and relaxed. Because pretty much everything was shutting down around midnight, so... Was yeah, by midnight, everything was done. Yeah. It's definitely not one of those conventions that you go to thinking that the convention itself is going to be your nighttime activity. No, not at all. But Sunday, um, we, instead of leaving around the 2, we left around 3 because I recorded their musical, which was funny as hell. It's pretty much Lost meets Ribby, Guardians of the Galaxy, Voltron, uh, Moana, and Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And they're all and they have to, and they're all singing. It was hilarious. Yeah, and me on Sunday, I basically parked my ass and people watched and read. I was definitely just treating this more like a vacation than an actual convention. Because you were senshi bounding this weekend too. I mean, last. Week. Yeah, yeah. Um, instead of doing full on cosplay, um, for those of you that have heard of Disney Bound. Um, Saturday I did, uh, Sailor Moonbound. So, I had on my Sailor Moon locket dress. And, uh, did my hair in pigtails and, you know, just basically had fun. But was, you know, I had my crescent moon on my forehead and all of that. And then uh, Sunday, I was sort of doing A Nightmare Before Christmas. I wasn't really doing a character per se, just doing that kind of pale, more pastel-y gothic look. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't, I was going to cosplay for this weekend, but 
you know, at one point I basically said, you know what, I'm just going to go and have fun and relax and not care about having to wake up super, super early to do anything. And I'm glad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there was also uh, Wonder Woman in the musical as well, so that was kind of fun. So, overall, I think Popcoat was good. It has, it has promise. What I would like to it, see... it definitely has potential. Mm-hmm. I wish there would have been somebody other than cosplay guests, though. Yeah. That, that would have been good. Some, like, maybe a couple of voice actors. There are some on the East Coast that aren't too far away from the convention that they could get. Um, yeah, Popcoat, contact me uh, later. I know some people's. But, um, anywho, I would like them to have, you know, Put on there, you know, it's from these two days, but we have these events going on Friday night, you know. Yeah, they they, didn't announce the Friday events until, like, that day. Mm -hmm. And basically said it was for those that pre-regged. Yeah. So, because registration, regular registration wasn't open until Saturday. But if you pre-regged, you can go in on Friday and get your stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. So, it was, you know, it was strictly for pre-reg. Yep. Um, I know they did a dance party. I didn't even go down. I know they had the karaoke room open. I didn't even go down. Um, the one thing that I was kind of upset that I missed on Saturday is while they did do the dance like most conventions do, mm-hmm. they had a pajama party and then an 18 plus pajama party. And I was disappointed that I basically got to go. I, I thought you were going to go to that. Yeah. I wanted to go, but, you know, by the time I actually, because what I was, you know, got done with what I was doing and looked at the time and went, oh, okay, oops. Now, I would like to see, you know, I understand they had everything done by midnight. I would have liked to see them kind of have events going to maybe 1 a.m. because it is a Saturday. And my thing is maybe a few more 21 plus or 18 plus panels. I know there was, I think there was an 18 plus dating game. You know, a couple more things would have been cool. This is one of those conventions where I won't uh, write it off. I think this con can do something with it. Um, A lot of the staffers there are pretty much prior con staffers con goers so they have a good idea of what to do so let's see what happens for next year to register participation for this week's episode of anime jam session on vognetwork.com use the passphrase potato so long story short psycho con definitely go next year you'll have a good time pop cult definitely go next year and you'll, you'll be able to chillax and relax and have a good time now now that we got that out of the way um, we actually have time to do some news. How about that? I know, I'm just as shocked as you are. So, uh, who wants to do this one? Don't everybody scream at once. I'll do this one. All right. Then I think we'll give Wild Spice Yuri on Ice because she seems to be the type of fangirl. I'm not that big of a fangirl of Yuri on Ice, but I do like me some Yuri on Ice. <laughs> Down, girl. Christ. Damn, girl. Child of my (laughs) loins. Christ. Enough. 
Go, all go. right, so um, we all know that Japan is into some really weird shit. <clears throat> Understatement <laughs> of the That's millennial. Um, but we also know that they like their dating games, they like their RPG games, they like their, you know, slice of life games, but they also like to imagine objects as people. They've turned battleships into women. What what anime is that? Kanko, last name. Yep, Kanko. They've turned, you know, software and various ISOs and shit like that into characters. They've based characters off of Sanrio characters. Well, now... We get the newest Anthro mobile game, and it imagines hiragana as boys. And for those that don't know what hiragana is, that's basically the Japanese alphabet. So it's going to be released this fall, and it's a breeding puzzle game. What? Yeah, I'm not quite sure if that's just, you know, what they call dating games. Breeding. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it does give a list of characters. So there is Ah. He's a heartwarming and charming character, but also clumsy. Um, Ta who is an explorer and seeks out rare animals. Ba, uh, basically appearing out of nowhere and uses his bear as a ventriloquist. There's Ne, who is a beautiful guy who likes cute and curious girls. Ko, who is a 15-year-old on a pilgrimage to see the country. Uh, a and I, uh, sly and gets away with everything and I loves to play and is more calm uh, he who is an attractive nobleman no who is a talkative farmer new is uh, somebody that's wrapped in mystery and appears as an obstacle uh, chi who likes reading books and is intellectual you is somewhat dubious, being both gentle and firm. Um, yeah, so those are the characters right now for this game. And basically, I guess the person, the, 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 the subject of the game is into calligraphy. And that's what you're doing. I guess you're trying to collect all of these people to help with your calligraphy. I, I, I'm, I don't really get it, but the characters are cute. Um, the concept of making basically your alphabet into humans is a little weird and very Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting concept. 
And the fact that it's a dating sim. Yeah, I'm I'm looking through right now um, for the gameplay itself, and it kind of looks like. It kind of looks like one of those games that you have to clear the board, mm-hmm. but you get actual, like, storyline with it. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. Weird yeah. understatement. And the funny thing is, the game isn't even out yet, and it already has 80,000 pre-registered players. Are you not surprised? Oh no, I'm not surprised at all. Let's let's not even get into the Rule 34 stuff either. Lord. L-O-R-D-T, Lord. All right. Now that we got that out the way, Wild Spice, tell us about Yuri on Ice and what's going on with them. All right. So it looks like Yuri on Ice and Sanrio are doing a mashup. So Yuri on Ice boys get adorable for Sanrio Cafe. It's no exaggeration that Sanrio will collaborate with anything, be it aging rock stars or a drag queen competition. The most recent properties are the live-action Full Metal Alchemist film and busty Nitro Plus mascot Supersonico. The ice skating boys of Yuri on Ice are also getting a Sanrio-style makeover for a collaboration cafe in Shinjuku. Victor excitedly dons pom-pom purin ears, Yurio, while always a capway at heart, looks only a little miffed about the Hello Kitty bow in his hair, and Yuri Kotsky looks more than adorable with his Pachako hat. <laughs> there are pictures on here, and I gotta admit, they're actually really adorable. <laughs> so cute. Um, the cafe's gonna open at Shinjuku Southern Terrace's Shinjuku Box Restaurant on September 7th and run until October 6th. Dishes include the Yuri and Pachako's completely satisfying filling katsudon, Victor Pom Pom Purin and Makachin's Beetfield Pepper Roncino, and Yuri and Hello Kitty's Apple and Custard Piro Piroshki with Berry Jam. The collaboration will also include original goods like acrylic stands, drawstring pouches, and button pin sets. Additionally, customers that order menu items will receive placemats and coasters. Posters will be given out to customers that reserve seating ahead of time. So, really cute. I am really digging Yuri with Pachaco because I love Pachaco, so it's really cute. (laughs) do have connections in Japan, so... Oh my gosh, and there's actually... One of the placemats has um, Purin, Pachako, and then the dog from Yuri on Ice on it as well. The dog's wearing a... Ber- they're all wearing berets. It's really cute. Oh my gosh. That... I guess that is sweet and precious, I suppose. Yeah, and I mean, that make all the fangirls go crazy. <laughs> That 
okay, um, wow, we're actually ahead of the ahead of the curve tonight. And because of that, I didn't even set up the Skype line yet, so please stall for time. Stalling, stalling, stalling. <laughs> Bob says in the um the chat room, he says, Hello Kitty gives no fucks. <laughs> oh man. Where is the line? So lock? true. Why don't I have one message, one unopened message on here? I checked all my messages. Okay, I don't care about that. And I think I lost one of my flash drives over the weekend. Oh no! I think I I don't know where it is, but I know I can easily replace it. It's my one only USB three drive with Windows on it. So if anything, I'll probably swing by Micro Center and pick up another one. These things are dirt cheap nowadays, anyway. Kind of, sort of, but the USB three ones are a little bit pricey. And I just realized Thursday I'm going to see the Hitman's Bodyguard. Hmm. Yeah, yeah um, I wanted to go see that one. Yeah, I found a theater that was playing it on Thursday because I realized the first few days I would not be able to go see the movie. So, <laughs> Anywho, now that we're up and running, um, okay. Uh, okay, yes, the um, Skype line is open. So, if you have gone to PsychoCon or PopCult, give us a buzz on Skype at Anime Jam Session. Or if you want to ask us a question about something or whatever about what we discussed previously on today's show or prior show, give us a call. All calls are cut to two minutes due to time constraints, and depending on the call, we may extend it that time. So, now that we got that together... I am starting to look at some of the articles here, and... Tips on the first one. Well, now... I halfway expected Mako-chan to grab that one. No, it's actually... It's more informative than entertaining. Okay. Then by all means, Ari, go ahead and take the first story. <coughs> Hokkaido wild marijuana removal efforts can't keep up with the rate of growth. <clears throat> the plants refuse to stay down and continue to grow high. <laughs> As we've covered in the previous article, the northernmost island prefecture of Hokkaido is awash with wild cannabis plants. A relic from a once widespread hemp industry that was nearly wiped out following World War II, these plants are currently forbidden to touch unless, unless by an authorized removal team. On July 7, one such team consisting of municipal and prefectural workers gathered to tackle two gross of marijuana behind an abandoned house and on the edge of a wheat field. As they reached the first site, audible sighs could be heard from the group as they start, stared at the defiant plants, tall as the men themselves, all of which should have been eradicated last year. Under the blazing summer sun, the men proceeded in a dense group to ensure that every square inch was checked. 
perhaps also to keep sticky fingers at bay. Their sweat-soaked hands pulled out plant after plant by the roots and placed them on a flatbed. By the end of the day, they had removed 8,081 stalks of cannabis at a weight of 280 kilograms, which is a little over 600 pounds. However, no one went home with a feeling of satisfaction because they all knew they accomplished nothing, nothing lasting. It would all be back last year. In fact, this day's, their day's haul of hemp plants was already 10 times out of the same day last year. No matter how much we pull, it keeps growing, one of them said. It grows when we pull it out over and over again. Online reactions were full of helpful suggestions and no shortage of volunteers. Like, I'll go get it, where is it? Why don't they just export it to a country where it's legal? Just burn it all, that'd be awesome. Might as well just leave it alone. Pave over it all. Why not sprinkle some salt? Just legalize it for a while and watch hordes of people pick it clean. Lord. <laughs> they can't even defeat a plant that doesn't move. They're just aren't trying hard enough. I wonder if they really grow wild like that. Seems like someone might be helping them. Recreational and medical uses aside, it's shocking to see that the plant is and all its extremely useful industrial purpose is not just sustainable, but so sustainable that they can't get rid of it even if they try. However, no such processing away to the 8,000 plus plants were weeded on that day. They were simply taken to a disposal facility and buried with the other countless cannibal plant, cannabis plants from Hokkaido that were, that were weeded in vain. They might as well bury some golden rice alongside while they're wasting useful material. If that's what passes for, if that's what passes for good business in Japan these days. No wonder Vegeta can't even get a job. <laughs> you don't want to see Vegeta not being able to get a job, but just go to a Renegade for Life job simulator. Oh, wait, it's a dude cosplaying Vegeta for his application form or something. I was way off. Well, as long as he's wearing his Batman shirt, I don't think anybody's going to care. He wasn't. There you go. Okay, let's see what we have next. Um, Marco, you want to take this one? Sure. Okay. So, basically, um, Japanese police have announced after a multi-year investigation that they arrested um, the final member of a trio of counterfeiters who swindled a woman out of 6 million yen, which nice. is about uh, $54,500. When presented with the fake currency, um, basically she did not realize that they turned a dollar bill into a million dollar bill. Not realizing that in America, those don't exist. Nor would it have George Washington's picture on it. Oops. Um, but between August and October of 2011, the group approached the woman with the quote-unquote opportunity to purchase these million-dollar bills, um, claiming that they would make a great investment. The woman, who of course was elderly, purchased not just one, but four of them. 
um, basically telling the woman that uh, the group offered the million dollar bills to her each at a price of 1.5 million yen, which is about uh, a little over $19,000. They basically told her that within a year, the uh, value of those bills would go up from 1.5 million yen to 45 million yen. Either way, that's still under the million dollars that it quote it should have been worth. Um so yeah, the woman finally reported the situation to police in 2015. Uh, you know, four years later. But again, I mean, they basically conned an 82-year-old woman. Bastards. Yeah, but it's not like it doesn't happen everywhere, because that shit happens here, too. Oh, yeah. Ah, uh, Japan, it classy as Alright. I will take this one because this is something we've all dealt with, especially Anime Boston. A Japanese idol singer has an important request for her fans. Please use deodorant. I mean, is that something that you're supposed to do? Whatever. I didn't know. A smelly handshake event prompts a frank discussion and suggested solutions for a common problem at idle appearances. It's not, it's not at all unusual for English language recording stars to use their fame as a platform for advocating for social change. But in Japan, the stars of the music world stick to being pure entertainers. But recently, idol singer Kaori Matsumura has taken up an important cause, which I think is, uh, is an important cause to me as well. Cleanliness. Earlier this month, Matsumura, who was part of the member of the idol unit SKE48, revealed that among the presents she receives from fans, which are stuffed animals with mysterious stains, which are surely tokens of affection she could do without. This week, the idol took to her Twitter account with another gross story of the idol industry. You see, about three days ago, uh, they had SKE had a hand had a, a handshake event. It's where idols make public appearances and they press palms with their fans. It's like you know, you get your autograph, you shake the first hand, and you go about your way. It's a standard for idols, to do. so you know. Matsumura tweeted about an unpleasant aspect of the gathering which isn't really discussed by the performers themselves. This is what she basically said. Thank you all for coming out to the handshake event. We received a complaint about a serious problem. One of the female fans who was waiting in line to shake our hands said she couldn't stand the smell in the venue and asked if anything could be done about it. 
It's hard for people to notice your own body odor. It's something, it's something those of us in SKE48 have to be careful about too. So let's pick up those two items at the drugstore and take care of the problem. Now, Matsumura accompanied a tweet with two photos of deodorants. Uh, Dionatel and AG+. They're spray cans, but the thing is spray cans are banned from many idol events for safety reasons. Matsumura also sent a follow-up letting her fans know that you can get AG Plus as a roll-on type. Plus a reminder that scented body wipes are readily available in Japan and light and compact can carry enough to put in your bag when you're going to meet your favorite idols. Good call. Other Twitter users were quick to thank her for opening a frank dialogue on the matter. These are some of the comments. Thank you. Honestly, sometimes the smell at a handshake event is so bad I want to get out of line and just leave. It's especially bad at summer events. I believe that. Deodorant is an absolute necessity. Thank you for telling everyone. People who have to rush to make it to the event on time and get sweaty in the process need to be aware of this. I'm a woman and I don't think it's just male fans need to be more conscious of their smell. Some of the female fans smell sweaty and others wear really heavy perfume. Well now. Other handshake event etiquette tips offered by commenters include taking a shower the morning of the event. The thing is most people in Japan usually bathe at night before going to bed and wearing freshly washed underwear which really is a good policy to adhere to when you're leaving your house. One commenter even went as far as to jokingly suggest that along with checking fans' tickets, staff should check their smell before allowing them to enter the venue and hose those down who don't pass a sniff test. Wow. Another suggested selling official idol unit branded deodorant, which seems like a license to print money. Hopefully more fans will take up Matsumura's hygiene advice to heart unless we see more idols showing up to meet their fans wearing hazmat suits. Which has happened. Now, um, I mean, fuck, if you could have Sailor Moon themed, um, tampons, I see nothing wrong with idol themed, uh, body wash, deodorant, and scented wipes. The fact that this still needs to be said is sad enough as it is. Yeah, well... Uh, assholes need to be told to take a shower. I mean, it's in freaking convention books that says bathe, shower, and deodorant. That, but that would take away from them spending 24 hours straight in the game room. I think that's a blessing in disguise, because that would give other people an opportunity to play the arcade games. All right, Wild Spice, it's on you. All right, here we go. So, new Japanese augmented reality service lets you meet with deceased loved ones at their grave. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm just like, uh... Yeah, <laughs> what better way than to say hi than by actually saying hi? Augmented reality has been popping up all over Japan in lots of interesting places. Aside from the popular Pokemon Go, it's now possible to have augmented reality penguins guide you around Tokyo and sit down at a cafe across from Hats Hatsune Miku to enjoy a snack together. 
And now, the Japanese tombstone engraving company Ryoshin Sekizai has released a new augmented reality service that is sure to change lives and deaths. They're offering to set up a virtual gravesite for your deceased loved ones, where you can visit them as if they were really there. Um, I don't think I'd want to do that. Yeah. That sounds a little creepy. Like, yeah. not, like, bad creepy. Yeah, so, like, the article has a picture of someone looking at the phone, and it has their dead parents, and it says, Just saying hi to mom and dad. Their speech bubble reads, Take care of yourself, we're always watching over you. Take care of yourself and each other. There you go. The service costs 500 yen, US $4.50 per month, and can be set up anywhere in the world, not just at tombstones or other grave markings. So you can visit people who were special to you at places that were special to you, a favorite park, by the beach, wherever you'd like. Their service can set up pictures or videos to appear at the designated location, along with text messages. If the service is being set up in advance of someone passing away, then they can store several messages or videos at the location of their own creation. Since the service is based in Japan, where cremation is how the vast majority of deceased are put to rest, the company will also hold onto the deceased's ashes for up to 15 years, or as long as the monthly fee is paid. They even offer the first year free to families, which is a nice gesture for that particularly difficult time. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, no. <laughs> That's all I got. I'm just like. Yeah, I'm not feeling this one. Neither. Definitely not. No. Why would you do that? Well, you're also talking about a culture that yearly goes to these graves to clean them and then put offerings down. True. It's very different culture than you know, than ours, where, you know, we basically go there for the funeral itself, and for the most part, that's it. True. So, I mean, in that aspect, it's, uh, I guess, giving more of a personal touch to that time of the year and for some reason i just heard thunder outside what was was the thunder until tomorrow uh, gotta love summertime yeah you're telling me so how about we go ahead and take our last break for tonight okie dokie okay all right cool so um we'll be back Get along with the 
Yes. Go team. Yeah. It was more like um, I've been reading about Final Fantasy 15 coming to PC and it's going to be huge. Um, the game is clocking in at 170 gigabytes. Jesus. Damn. Damn. I know it's going to be on Steam and all, but yeah. At that rate, the game is going to come with its own um, hard drive at this rate. Well, anyway, that's all I want to say about that. But, if you like what you heard, tell a friend. Andrew, tell another friend, and so forth. We're independent um, bloggers, independent podcasts, and we for the fun of it. So, you want to hear from me? Drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Um, tell us if you the show, ideas, suggestions, and all that good stuff. We want to know what's up. We're here to believe you. Check out our website at animejamsession.com where we post our convention reviews, our weekly podcasts, cosplay tutorials, links to our photos and videos, editorials, reviews, and everything in between. And also, you can always find our podcast, not just on our website at AnimeJamSession.com, you can find this on Podcast Alley, iTunes, Stitcher, Miro, Double Twist, Blueberry, Groove, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and the Vogue Network Forum. And we post them once a week, you know? Um... See what else we have here. Our YouTube page, youtube.com slash anime jam session TV. Uh, follow us there for all of our connection videos. You definitely want to check them out. Uh, let's see what else we have for our Twitter page, twitter.com slash anime jam session. Follow us there when we're going live, other conventions are going to other stuff in relation to our website, things you want, we think you kind of want to be in the know about. Um, and don't forget our Facebook page, facebook.com slash anime jam session. Um, see everybody on our social media pages. Thank you so much for following us. Thank you so much for supporting us. Um, wow. 
That is some serious thunder I heard. It must be that humid out. Damn. Gotta close the window soon. Um, like I said, thank you for following and supporting us. As long as you continue to like, um, like us on social media, we'll bring you more content. But don't forget, we're not the only geek podcast on VOD Network. Here are some other shows you might want to check out. Uh, Cyborg Power Coupling Podcast, The Geek Card, The Bobby Blackwell Show, Orange Knowledge Radio, Critical Myth, British Invaders, Pod Culture, Electric Sisterhood, Girls Gone Wow, Ranger Pride, Game Bowie, and Hooked on Bond. Now we go around the room. Last words, Ari. Uh, this weekend is going to be utter shit for me. Not looking forward to it. Um, I'm tired, and I have work in the morning. Wild size. I have a six-day work week this week. Woo! As for me, um, I'm probably going to relax for a bit and help my friend with this Supergirl cosplay article she's working on and close my window. So that is it. End of list. We'll be back next week for our special town hall podcast. So, I'm Ranma. I'm Ari. I'm Maka. And I'm Wild Spice. Great fight, great night. See you next week. Later, bitches. Nice. Alright. Say goodnight, Maka. Goodnight, Maka Charm. Works for me. Goodnight, y'all. This podcast has been a production of Anime Jam Session and AJS Productions. No fanboys and fangirls were hurt, maimed, shocked, electrocuted, or pistol whipped in this episode. The views, opinions, and thoughts expressed on the show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it! For transcripts of this episode, start typing. Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and VogNetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane!